This is Conversation with the Cooks, presented by Husker Sports, a monthly podcast with Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook and former All-American Lauren Cook. On this edition of Conversation with the Cooks. We had an interesting call yesterday. He called me about our protocols on our athletes and how we're cleaning the volleyballs and stuff. And he mentioned uh, that he listened to the podcast and he loves the interaction and, and how you rib me and how comfortable it is and, and he really enjoys it. So that's pretty cool, you know, and um, it is big compliment from somebody like him. And I don't know, you know, we have a lot of rivalries in the Big Ten, but there's something special about Penn State. Now, here's your host, Lauren Cook. Welcome back to our June episode of Conversation with the Cooks. And we're both streaming from different locations. First of all, the video is such a big hit, we're doing Zoom again. Second of all, you're still in the mountains. We don't know if you're ever gonna come back to Nebraska. You might as well just retire. <laughs> you may know more tomorrow. So oh, there's really? A, there's a big vote tomorrow with the NCAA that hopefully we're gonna have more information. So that's, that's what I've been waiting for. They keep postponing it each week. So tomorrow is the next round. So we'll see okay. what happens. I want to hear more about that in a second, but everyone wants a mountain update. They want to know how your how the building process is going, and then they want to know if you have any other tools that you can show us and talk about. Well, I have I have tools I can go get uh, in the garage. Yes. Uh, Husker Nation wants a tool tutorial. Okay, well we have, we have to put this on pause so I can go get it. But uh, you told me you told me to have Caden ready, Taylor ready. And yep. um, Wendy ready, but Wendy's off looking at gla- glass or something for showers. So she's not here. And then she's getting her hair done. So she's out for the day. <laughs> oh, she, nice. Yeah. She has a fun little day planned. Yeah. And um, Taylor's in the other room working and Caden's sleepy. He's helping me, but he's sacked out. because We're going we're gonna to do a uh, puppy show and tell. And then I wanted to do a family show and tell. And okay. then, but... We really wanted Husker Nation was requesting um, a tool show and tell as well. So we we might have to put this on pause later so you can go grab your tools or maybe you can have Taylor go grab them and give us uh, talk us through all the different tools that you've been using. <laughs> okay. Well, right right now on the house update, I'm kind of shut down right now because the drywall guys are doing their stuff. So they they make a mess. They take over everything. There's really not much that can be done. Um, while they're working so they're they're getting close to getting finished so I'm hoping maybe later this week I can be back up there doing something but uh, the exciting news is is that I ordered a cowboy cauldron and people can look at that but that's a outdoor cowboy big thing that you build fires in to make s'mores or you can grill stuff or just have a fire so it looks like a witch's pot yeah you know when you picture a witch like stirring her stew when you're a little kid that's what it looks like yeah well it's called the cowboy cauldron there's (laughs) i pass one every day when i drive up to the lot uh there's this place that is a get little guest ranch right on the river it's like a little guest funky little guest place that people can stay and they've got one sitting out there right on the river so Anyway, Orvis had it on sale, so I ordered it for Father's Day. It's, it just got in, so I'm going to set that up this weekend. How much do one of those cost? Well, it depends how big a one you get, but uh, they're, they're, uh, this one was like about 
1500 I think. Oh my God. <laughs> Lauren, this thing is ridiculous. And it's what's like, the purpose of it? Just to roast marshmallows? It's so you can build fires in it. So it's like having an outdoor fireplace, but you're not going to have to build an outdoor okay. fireplace. So set it on the deck. You can set it anywhere and you can grill it. You can grill steaks on it. It has a grill. You can do s'mores or you can just build a fire and sit outside. So, well, I'm, I'm glad you're stimulating the economy. Yeah. So anyway, I've, these things are awesome. So what are you, when you finally are able to go back and do some work on the house, do you know what you're going to be doing specifically? Uh, yeah, I'll be working uh, around the outside, I think, on siding and finishing that up. So they've got, it's partly done. We started it, it stained a lot of the siding, and now we got to finish it. But we can't till the drywall guys are out, and then there's some roof stuff going on, too, that we have to wait on. So everything's kind of on hold for for the, the uh, labor guys like me. All right. Well, that's a pretty good mountain update. So now let's move to just really quick, kind of a COVID and a season update. I know you guys had to cancel all your camps this summer, which those are usually they sell out in January. I know those were canceled. So you, can you talk about that? And then can you talk about any updates with what they're doing with the, the season? You said you're, they're waiting for a big announcement tomorrow. And then um, just what the girls are doing, what you're doing, kind of where everything's at right now. Okay, well, that's a that's a some big questions there. So, in regards to camps, uh, everything was canceled. We can't do camps on campus, which I understand, and uh, I was we were kind of expecting that. The problem is we do sell out in January, so now we're in the process of refunding everybody. We're giving complete full refunds because uh, we we feel bad about it, and uh, you know we have a lot of volleyballs that came in, so. <laughs> We got to figure out where to store those. I heard like uh, twenty thousand. No, twenty. It's about twenty-five thousand dollars worth of volleyballs. We oh, got to okay. store somewhere. And then we we were actually Lindsay was actually putting together a list because the NCAA said we can't do camps with any kids over eighth uh, ninth or ninth grade through twelfth grade. We were not allowed to. So we were getting ready to do some junior high camps. We had over 500 people on the waiting list, but we had to cancel that. So again, uh, we're shut down in regards to doing any of that. Does that hurt your recruiting at all? Cause I know, no. okay. You sometimes no, so, have that dream team camp. Yeah. So actually June 15th started recruiting and we were able to make calls. And so we had a list of about 10, 2022s, which are going to be juniors in high school that we made calls to zoom calls with. And anyway, people can follow recruiting. I can't really talk about it, but uh, so it really has an impact of recruiting. We're waiting on what the NCAA is going to say about recruiting this fall and if they can make official visits. So that's the next big thing there. Otherwise we're just zooming and getting um, building relationships. And there um, are tournaments being played though, from what I've heard. Yes. There's, I, I know one of our recruits is playing in uh, Elkhorn um, this Sunday. So, so but you're not allowed to be at those tournaments. We cannot go. So is there any type of video that maybe huddle or some other company provides that you're able to watch any of those great, tournaments? Great question. I don't know about the tournaments, but in regards to the, uh, what clubs are doing, cause clubs are training and clubs are practicing. They're streaming their practices. But it's really hard. I, I, I don't get anything out of it. But 
it's just really it's hard to watch it. It's not great angles. It's not that good. But uh, that's what they're doing. I don't know if they're going to stream these tournaments or not. They're more like get together and play. So I, I don't know. That's a good question. We'll we'll probably find out more this weekend. But they're they're cranking up. But we're waiting on the NCAA to decide that, and then also the NCAA has been postponing. But they're gonna and they have another big meeting tomorrow, or which is uh, they're gonna decide on our season and when we can start. There's several options out there. Bring you know, uh, starting with eight hours per week to starting our season earlier. So we're gonna wait and see what they say. But once we do that, then we can kind of make a plan for the summer. But as of right now, we are on week three. Our athletes are back. They're working out every day. They're allowed to go into Devaney twice a week. They work out with our strength, strength coach, Brian, four days a week. So they're in our normal summer routine. They're taking classes. And um, so they're moving. We, they get checked every day with temperature. They have to fill out a questionnaire every day, uh, where they've been, who they've been around, how, what, do they have any symptoms. And um, ironically, we did have one player flagged already who wasn't allowed to go into workout, but it wasn't for COVID. It was for allergies. Oh, God. That's how sensitive the system is. She was, she had, you know, allergy type symptoms. So they flagged her and then we had to wait, get her tested and boom, she's back in. But um, as far as I know, Lauren, only one athlete, a football player tested positive. There have been some outbreaks at other universities, but Again, our people are doing a great job. They're getting fed. They have a food feeding system. They get checked every day. They fill out these questionnaires. And now we just got to encourage them to make good decisions. They got to wash, wear a mask, and social distance. Those are the three keys that we're trying to hammer in, in with them. Do they have to wear masks while they're working out? No, no. They have to wear a mask coming into the building. And then once they get tested, their temperature checked. And they're clear to go with their, with, we call it Edge 10 questionnaire. Then they can take the mask off for workouts. Is UNMC still facilitating all of this? Yes. And the, and the next thing we're trying to develop is an anti, antibody test. There's actually a professor at the university who's uh, working on one. UNMC is working on some. So that's the next big thing is, you know, who's developed antibodies. And, and that way we can get, that's kind of the next evolution. But right now, uh, that UNMC is doing tests and then depending on if they can test or not, we have another way to get our athletes tested, but everybody's been tested. So when I go back, I'll have to get tested and quarantine. So same with Jalen and, uh, and Kelly's already back and has been tested. So she's, she's in Lincoln, but again, we've been told we're not allowed in Devaney. We, they don't want us in the offices so I can get everything done on zoom and, and work up here. But And they haven't given you a date of when they think you'll be able to come back and work in the offices? We're waiting on the NCAA a committee okay. to make that decision. And then once that yep. happens, then we'll start building a plan for how to get ready when we can start. Probably the other thing we should talk about is our, our non-conference tournaments. The NCAA has said they want to have a normal season, normal championship. So we've already had some teams that have pulled out of our non-conference tournaments. We've been asked by Bill Moose to reduce our – budget by 10%. So we've gone to all trying to get regional and close by competition. Um, so we're going we're to probably have a kind of a unusual non-conference schedule as teams and schools figure out if they're going to let them travel, not travel. 
So anyway, we just got to think close by busing and build the best conference we can. I think there's going to be another big scramble here over the next few weeks. And we did get our Big Ten schedule. So we're working on that. That's also an interesting uh, discussion on how that's going, you know, and, and how they did it. It's different. And what, what we're going to have a lot of Wednesday Sundays, which we don't like, um, but that's the way it's going to be. We're going to have some Friday, Saturdays. We're playing more teams in the West than in the East, but we still have a few East Coast trips. So they're trying to reduce travel as much as they can and make it where we can bus. So for us, busing is really difficult because we're the farthest West school in the Big Ten. It's really hard to bus to any place, except Iowa might be the only option to bus to. Otherwise, we have to fly, especially if we're playing back-to-back. But what it allows is the Purdue's, the Illinois, the Wisconsin's, the Northwestern's, Uh, The Penn State, for example, the Michigans, they now can bus to a lot of different places and not have to fly because they're going to play more teams in their region, if you want to call it that. It doesn't create an even schedule, so it is not even. And uh, it's, but it's a one-year deal and and, uh, it's what we got to do. The great ones adjust, right? Right. Is that for safety purposes or cost purposes? Both. Okay. Mainly, mainly costs and, okay. um, and trying to eliminate travel, but we, we charter. So, you know, charter should be pretty safe. Um, but again, there, there's, but again, caught the busing reduces a lot of the cost. So there's going to be a lot, lot, and there's, there's less Wednesday matches. So that's the key. So on a Wednesday match, we have to charter because we have to get back for school. So they, they've re- cut down the Wednesday matches by half which is a bummer because we get great ratings on Wednesday nights because there's no football. And um, so what that means is there's going to be more Fridays, Saturdays, and Sunday matches. And again, so people could bus, they might play a Friday, Sunday, so they could bus to a Friday match, bus to a Sunday match. It really doesn't impact us all that much with travel because we're, again, we're so far West. And I think the other school would be Rutgers is the farthest East. So, you spend all day busing to some of these places. So this is pretty much just a fiasco for Lindsay Peterson, your director of ops to try and figure all this out. She's trying to figure it out right now, get hotels. The hotels aren't getting back to her. It's yeah, it's Lindsay's the, you know, she's the number one director of ops in the country. So I don't worry about it. Lindsay's the goat. Yeah. I'll just, uh, (laughs) if it ain't, if it ain't right when we're doing this, I'll, I'll just be complaining. So you usually complain anyways, so nothing right. new there. Right. Are hotels even open right now? I mean, is that maybe why they're not getting back to her? I think there's there's some issues with that, yeah. She's not getting the communication that she normally gets, or maybe they're not quite sure how they want to handle this. So, uh, And uh, she's working on the, the charters. So, yeah, that's just her main focus right now is working on all that. When is the schedule going to come out? Good question. I don't know. Probably uh, we'll wait as long as we can because, Lauren, here's the other deal is we're also having meetings now. Okay, are we going to play in Devaney or do we go to Pinnacle Bank Arena? And our ticket people are trying to figure out if we play in Devaney, which we will, how do we we seat people to make it safe? So we figure we can get about 2,500 in Devaney safely right now. 
Pinnacle Bank, we can get 8,000 in there safely. So we're coordinating with Pinnacle Bank right now on what matches we might move there. And uh, of course, they're, all of our matches are not, they're not available for all of our matches as of now. So some will have to be in Devaney. And then the ones in Devaney, we want to rotate. So how do we do it where if we only take 2,500, okay, we got to get the next 2,500 in so everybody has a chance to go to the matches. So there is a lot of things to figure out before we start the season, but we're getting close. And again, you know, we're waiting on the NCAA to make these decisions and then see how, you know, this virus keeps going over the summer. That's new and kind of breaking news that you guys are going to be playing in Pinnacle Bank Arena. That's the first I've heard of that. Well, that's, uh, I, uh, this week we had meetings and I said, we got to really consider that option because if we can get 8,000 in there, it's not that I want to, but if we, cause you right. know, that's really like, it's not a home match for us in that it's just, it's like traveling to go play, even though we're just going, you know, a mile away or whatever, but we got to do everything we can to try to keep our fans happy and get as many people playing, I mean, playing Pinnacle Bank with 8,000 is a really good option compared to playing Devaney with 2,500, even though both would be great. And we just, we want to have fans, but the key is how do we keep it safe? And if right. we can do that and put more butts in the seats, then we got to look at it. So I agreed to it begrudgingly, but I agree. I'm surprised you did, but fans. I, I mean, been- Lauren, I look at it this way. If Pearl Jam and Red Hot Chili Peppers can play in Pin- Pinnacle Bank weekend. <laughs> Well, and fans beg all the time for you guys to play in there because because you're going to get more butts in the seats. And for all the fans who aren't able to get season tickets or who aren't able to get, you know, standing room only in Devaney, it gives them an opportunity to go to a match if you play in a bigger arena. But I like that because I, I don't see how it's fair to have, uh, you know, 2,000 fans in Devaney. Maybe you're playing Penn State. The next night you're playing Rutgers. It's not fair to the fans who got to watch the Penn State match and then the fans who got who had to go to the Rutgers match. We'll be dishing on Rutgers. They got a new coach. They're going <laughs> to re, rebuild. Everyone, but, everyone dishes on Rutgers. Yeah, yeah, no, don't dish on them. They got. I'm really impressed with their uh, new coach. She's she's uh, came from Northeastern University, I think. She's just young. She, I know she. You can tell she played somewhere. I've been really impressed with her. I think they made a great hire and. You know, I can tell you right now, Rutgers doesn't even know when their athletes are coming back. So we've been on these Big Ten calls. Nebraska was the first to come back. So we're really proud about that. And again, our people have done an amazing job of coordinating all this for the athletes. We, we should feel so lucky. Rutgers doesn't even know when they're coming back. And several other schools are just starting to come back. I talked to Coach Rose yesterday. The Penn State players aren't back yet. And he's thinking three more weeks till they're back in, in the normal routine. So everybody's a little bit different. And again, Rutgers on these calls, they don't know. They have no idea when they're even going to open up for their athletes. You have to tell everyone what Russ Rose listens to our podcast. We had an interesting call yesterday. He <laughs> called me about our protocols on our athletes and how we're cleaning the volleyballs and stuff. And, he mentioned uh, that he listened to the podcast and he loves the interaction <laughs> and, and how you rib me and 
how comfortable it is, and, and he really enjoys it. So he probably nice likes compliment, our, Lauren. That is a yeah. compliment. We, yeah, uh, that's the nicest thing I've, I've heard from him, but he probably enjoys when I'm ripping you. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's his favorite part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's pretty cool, you know, and um, it is a big compliment from somebody like him. And, and uh, I don't know, you know, we have a lot of rivalries in the Big Ten, but there's something special about Penn State. And probably he's part of the reason why. See, that's, what I, that's what I meant when I was comparing Penn State and Rutgers. You know, it's just, that's just such a huge matchup that so many fans look forward to, so. You know, when they play, uh, the Big Ten plays the TV matches, replays, look how many of them are against Penn State. I mean, it goes goes all the way back to when I played. I know. I mean, it goes back way before that, right? Well, right, but I'm saying that, you know, I played a long time ago, and, and we still talk about matches against Penn State, and. Then you have some recent matchups, and yeah, you're right. You have matchups from way back in the day, but yeah, Penn State's always a fun match. Okay, so really, really quick, one last question with the whole season structure. You mentioned that the NCAA wants to have a full season, so pre-conference and postseason. How are you going to do postseason, though, if you're trying to cut down travel costs, if you're trying to be you know, safe and sanitary and not have all this cross-contamination of teams from different states coming into play will will it still be held in Omaha I mean do you have any idea what that's going to look like or again are we still waiting to hear from the NCAA tomorrow so actually I don't know if that'll be decided tomorrow but on our calls what the NCAA is looking at is having uh you instead of having 16 hosts where three schools come to that school. So if Nebraska's hosting, three schools come in and we play and, you know, one team advances. So what they're looking at is going down to eight host schools. They would bring in seven teams. So potentially, you know, our goal will be to host and they're, but they're going to predetermine all this before the season gets going, I think. So we're going to bid to host, which means we could, if we can make the tournament, we'd have seven teams coming in here. So it'd be a predetermined sites in the first and second round. Would it be teams that are close to you? Like, you know, save that's what they'll do. Okay. Save, save money and travel. So whatever teams are closest to Nebraska, they're probably going to do it, you know, where let's say, let's say Nebraska hosts. So the schools within a 500 mile radius are going to bust in that make the tournament. So they'll probably have key spots throughout the U.S. where they can get as many teams busing to a site as possible. So that's what they're looking at. So again, we've we got to be prepared for unusual non-conference. I mean, you know, maybe we play Creighton five times in non-conference. I mean, it might come down to that, you know, uh, and, and you in Nebraska-Omaha, just because eliminates travel and we, we want to get matches depending on who, how many of these other teams can travel. But that's another thing they're looking at. So it's going to be a great adventure. I'm just, again, we're open to anything because we just want to be able to play. And, right. and um, that's the key is we've got to do whatever we can to have a season. How are your girls doing with all of this? It's a really good question. I, I, I'm hearing, again, I, I'm not there and I'm not allowed to be there, but I think the enthusiasm is great. They're excited to be together. I think that's the biggest thing. They miss being apart. They're really excited to be together. I know they're really sore. And, you know, they all said they worked out. But 
they didn't really work out. <laughs> Again, it's not their fault. It's just they can't work out at the level that Brian and what we can do in our strength complex, what Brian can do with them. So I know they were all saying they were super sore. And Brian actually had to cut some days down because they were, they were so sore uh, from their workouts. But I think they're starting to hit their stride. They're, they're happy to be back. You know, again, we're so fortunate at Nebraska because they get to take summer school, which is paid for. Many Big Ten schools, for example, aren't paying for summer school. They get fed. They get to work out. So we just feel really fortunate for our players what opportunities they have because it's not that way all over the country. I didn't tell you this, but I talked with one of your new freshmen and she said the upperclassmen have been just incredible and super welcoming and they just, yeah, they love working out together and getting that, you know, any time together considering the circumstances. So that, that has to be, has to make you feel good to hear that, that everyone's getting along and everyone's enjoying being around each other. Yeah, uh, it warms my heart, Lauren, to hear that. So, again, <laughs> you, you know more because, you know, I mean, I mean they're not going to share that with me. If I ask them, they'll, they'll say, oh, yeah, they're great, where they might, you know, it could be completely opposite. So that's good that, you know, you're, you're hearing that. But, you know, we got a great group. They're excited, you know, and I just – but it's weird times. And, yeah, it's just – it's hard for everybody. But, again – we're really, we're really fortunate. I'll be your uh, secret spy. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> so now, now we're trying to figure out, so the football team did paintball. And as soon as that came out, our players are like, coach, we want to do paintball. We want to do paintball. So, so what I think what we're working on is, as a team building thing, um, again, I'm not allowed to be in the gym or around them, and we're going to do this later in July once everybody, all the coaches are back. And, and, uh, but we want to do a, uh, the paintball place is right by where Lindsey Peterson lives. So we're going to do a paintball, cookout, ride horses, and they have a pond to go fishing. So we're going to do a country day. <laughs> I just can't picture some of your girls playing paintball or being, being shot with a paintball. I mean, that's painful. Like, I know. Coach Frost told me he had about 10 welts all over him. You're going to need earplugs for all the screaming. <laughs> but they're like begging to do it. So anyway, really? it's something fun. It's outdoors. And that's, uh, we want to try to do something like that, you know, sometime later in July. You better get Husker Vision there to film all of this because yeah. <laughs> that would be a riot. Yeah. But at least they want to do stuff and something fun and different because... You know, what are the other options for them to do? They can go to the pool, I guess. That's another option. But there's really not much for them to do. So this is, this is a, good, a good thing. Okay, well, thank you for all those updates and some exciting news within those updates. It's now time for our puppy show and tell. Okay. So, can you get Caden in there? <laughs> yeah, let's see. Uh, he was sleeping here. He got up, so he's, he's moved spots. Finley. So. And I'll get my puppy. Okay, I'm going to go on the move here. Okay. With my laptop. I like this. Going on yeah. the move, getting out of the chair, getting the heart rate up. Where's Caden? Oh. Well, Caden's... Uh, in bed? 
Here's the big boy right here, Lauren. Oh, hi, buddy. His mommy's oh. gone, so he's <laughs> up on the mommy's pillow. <laughs> oh, Henley heard me say Caden, and now she's right here. Oh. I'll show you. Henley, say hello. There's Caden. <laughs> okay, so we just want a rundown. You know, what does Caden eat in a day? What does he do for exercise? What does a typical day look like for him? Why did you decide to get an Irish Wolfhound? How much maintenance are they? How much does he weigh? Give us, give us uh, your Irish Wolfie spiel. Okay. So um, I just visited your grandmother this weekend up in, uh, up in Idaho. And Which, by the way, everyone loved hearing about Grandma Cook. I mean, okay. she's, she's a rock star. She's a celebrity. Yeah. We need to have her on the podcast. Yeah, she would love it. Okay. She listens to all these. So I know she does. Yeah, and she has five border collies. Yep, so, we talked about, talk about Yeah, seven, 18 sheep or something. So anyway, Katie was a little out of his comfort zone being around <laughs> all the border collies because they're hyper dogs, but they're great dogs. But she worked, worked the sheep and everything. It was really cool. But we talked about how we got on these Irish wolfhounds. And apparently it was, I, for some reason in high school, wanted an Irish wolfhound. I don't know, remember why. And we got our first Irish wolfhound. She was great, but she, and, and, and grandma, grandma Cook was telling me how she would ride her horses and, and Tara was her name. The Irish wolfhound was Tara. And she would love going on these horse rides. And anyway, this was in San Diego, but she ingested a uh, foxtail and it got in her heart and they, we had to put her down because it, it was uh, made, formed all the scar tissue around her and everything. Nobody, the best didn't know what was going on. And later they opened her up and found this foxtail, which they're nasty. So anyway, after that, they, uh, Grandma Cook got two more wolfhounds. And of course I went off to college and, but anyway, that's where it all started. And, and she was taking in rescue dogs and, we, and horses and things. So it was always around. But what I like about the Irish wolfhounds are they're the king of kings and they're very loyal. They're, uh, they have great personalities. They're, they all want to be with us all the time. But in his, 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 history wise, they were bred in Ireland to eradicate the wolves out of Ireland, which they did. But before that, Actually, the Roman soldiers used to use them in battle. And what I love about them is when a Roman soldier was, if the Roman soldier was killed in battle, the wolfhounds would still stay there and protect them and watch them. So that's how loyal they are. You're, but, you're getting old because you've told this story before. I know, but, we, but not on a <laughs> podcast. I, I think, think so. Okay, well, we have new listeners. They need to, you know, keep hearing stories, you know. Okay, I like so, okay. Anyway, Caden, Caden uh, weighs about, he probably weighs about 140 to 150 pounds. He can run like the wind. He, uh, we were uh, up hiking the other day up in Teton Canyon. All of a sudden, he took off through the forest, like jumping logs. It was, you know, it was amazing. I don't know what he saw or what he went after, but he was just flying through the forest. They're just amazing athletes. Tell everyone what he does when we hike as a family, how he like is always waiting for the last person. And I, I, you can elaborate on this more, but. 
Yeah, so if we're hiking up a trail, he'll, he'll, he always has everybody in his sights. So he, he runs up to the front if somebody's up there, but then he'll run back and make sure whoever's in the back is still there. So he's constantly protecting his pack. It's incredible. And if someone stops, you know, maybe to have a snack or something, he will wait with them Yeah. and, yeah. and won't go until, until everyone's gone. Yeah. So they're, they're very loyal. They're very family oriented. And, um, anyway, they're the, they're the gentle giants and the, I call them the king of Kings. Are you just feeding him T-bone steaks every night? No. Um, we, he's on a, um, you know, he, what, what is, there's a special diet or food that we get him. It's probably more expensive than what we eat, but you know, they're pretty sensitive on what they can eat. But we get, you got to maintain a certain protein balance and so on with the wolfhounds. But he, it's a, well, you know, it's a mixture of kibble and um, the honest kitchen, which is kind of dehydrated food. So, but he eats vegetables and all those things that are put in there. I mean, it's, it's a pretty balanced diet. Is he good with commands like sit, stay, lay down? Are, are wolfhounds easy to train? Well, the, the, dip, the thing about wolfhounds is, is what we, you always have to remember is they're sight hounds. So they're great around everything, but if they see something, they're gone. And sometimes if you got the leash on them, they're gone because they're sight hounds. So they're, they're, they're bred when they, they're, they hunt by sight. So when they see something, if he sees a rabbit or he sees another dog or he sees something, he's going to go. And even invisible fences, they'll go right through them. They don't care because they're, they're so ingrained with their sight. The best story with that, you weren't there, but mom and I were walking. We were actually walking Callie, your other Irish wolfhound that passed away this, this past year. But Callie saw a squirrel and mom was just talking with me and wasn't really, I think she was, I mean, she was holding the leash, but she didn't have a super strong grip on the leash and didn't realize that Callie saw the bunny or the squirrel, whatever it was. Callie takes off and is just dragging mom on her stomach through the grass <laughs> like she was on a sled. And this was in the middle of summer. And oh my gosh, it was so funny. Luckily, Wendy was not injured. She was fine. But yeah, they, they're just so strong. And you're right. Once they see something, they, they take off. Yeah. We, we hiked uh, way up last week, what's called Cold Creek heading up toward Taylor mountains. Uh, we were up above 9,000 feet. So there was huge snow banks everywhere. And he was like acting like he's tired. As soon as we get to these snow banks, he's like running all around these snow banks, like making these noises, like just having a blast. They love the snow. We call it the zoomies. Yeah, he had the zoomies at 9,000 feet, you know, and he, he could barely <laughs> get up there. The zoomies said he was gone. Tell everyone how long you had to wait, like the process in, in getting Caden and how long you had to be on a waiting list and how they kind of vet your family. And then also tell everyone about um, once you get a wolfie or a wolfhound in your family, how you do the Irish naming ceremony. <laughs> well, um, as, as, as people know, the Ireland has a lot of cool traditions and so on in their, in their culture and their heritage. So there's actually a prayer you say, you drink a shot of whiskey, Irish whiskey, to name your dog. And then every year on their birthday, you do the same thing. So um, I, I would love to take him to some Irish bar sometime and hang out uh, on his birthday and do that. 
Um, but there's actual prayer that we, we say and uh, read. So it, it's really cool. But the people who own Irish wolfhounds, I call it, it's almost like a cult. And they are very protective. And they'll take back any wolfhound. If, if a family takes a wolfhound and it doesn't work out, they'll take them back. But they're, they're very protective. Um, they're almost, I would say these people, these wolfhound puppies are like their kids. And so you have to wait. You have to get on waiting lists because there are not a lot of Irish wolfhounds around. And ironically, where Caden's father came from, uh, Judy's her name in Steamboat Springs, who has a, she has seven Irish wolfhounds up there. You, I think you've been there, right, Lauren? Yeah. Anyway, her, one of hers, they just confirmed is pregnant. So she, ha- she starts going down her, her waiting list, which is huge. Of okay, you got to ante up now. We we know we got a pregnant Irish wolfhound, and and uh, we don't know how many yet. But so that she just sent an email yesterday. Now we're not looking for any uh, another wolfhound puppy right now, so I don't want to get all, you know fired up about that. Wendy's got enough on her plate. Yeah, I think Wendy would leave you if you got another Irish wolfhound puppy. They're a lot of work, even though they're they're very calm and are great dogs. They're just because they're so big, they're a lot of extra work. Yeah. But as you saw, Caden sleeps all day. And then when it gets about dinner time, he's ready to go on, on his hunt. And, uh, or we, or like yesterday, we went early in the morning when it was cooler out and, uh, he loves it. But during the middle of the day and it's, you know, summer, it's warm out. So they like sleeping all day. They're, they're pretty mellow. Well, for anyone who cares and anyone who saw my puppy, I have a little golden doodle and Henley is actually a, here she comes. She heard, heard me talking about her. I'll show her again. Henley, she's in her bed. Uh, Henley's actually a certified therapy dog. And so uh, you've asked me a few times, especially during the postseason tournament, some final fours, she, she travels with us because I can't leave her. She's my baby. And you've actually used her with your team. When you guys have had hard times, I've brought her into the office for those final fours when the, you know, the girls are stressed and maybe a little nervous, she'll come into a team meeting or a team video session. And I think most of the girls really enjoy that. And even sometimes she'll come to practice or you'll have Wendy bring a wolfhound to practice. And I think your team really enjoys just being around dogs. And it's amazing the effect that dogs have on people. Uh, You're absolutely right. I think Henley helped us win the national championship in Kansas city (laughs) in 2017. And she was um, just a pup. She was like two months you know, old. But I remember, we, you know, that hotel was a great setup to have her hanging out with our team. Because we had this big room area. We just spread all of our stuff out. Everybody just spread out. And Henley was able to kind of roam around in there and hang out. She was there a lot. Yeah. So they love it. And they love dogs. And there's something to that therapy dog stuff. But it is, it is relaxing. And, and you, know, you know, you take Henley to Madonna. Yep. You see the reaction from the patients there and the people. There's something magical about it. Honestly, I'm, I'm in tears every time I walk out of there because it's just so cool to see how much joy she brings them. But we're bummed because we haven't, I mean, there's another example of how life has been affected with COVID is we haven't been able to go and volunteer at Madonna. Um, it's called an angel dog program and therapy dogs go in and visit the patients there and, and help some with rehab. We haven't been able to go since probably February. 
I mean, they yeah. shut that down immediately. And I don't know if we'll ever be able to go back depending on how things progress. But as of now, so that's at a standstill. So maybe you can use us a little more this fall since <laughs> we won't be able be to go great. to Madonna. That'd be great. Okay. Uh, another thing I want to talk about is just since this is summertime, you get a little bit of downtime in the summer and we've always taken family vacations. So just kind of tell everyone what that time means to you, what we've done in the past for family vacations and, and kind of when you get that time, that downtime or that off time. Well, I've always probably ever since you were born um, have tried to always take a break right before the season starts. So typically we've gone to the mountains or I think we used to go to San Diego maybe to visit everybody, but always try to take a break before the season starts. And so you get the batteries recharged, you're, you know, rested. And um, so vacation for us has been going somewhere where it's relaxing and whether it's the beach or the mountains. And so that's, that's always been the goal of preparing for the season because typically in a normal summer, June and July are two of the busiest months of the year because of camps and recruiting. I mean, it's, Sometimes, you know, we'll go three weeks in a row nonstop between camps and recruiting. And now with the new rules, we can start doing home visits. So now this summer we're not allowed to, but that's going to throw another uh, work component into the summers. All right. I have three quick questions for you, which actually came to me on uh, social media. So I'll ask oh, you those. Wow. Yeah. And then we'll get, we'll finish up with our, uh, your favorite, my favorite cook confession and cook lesson. Okay. Lauren, okay, did so you see our, did you see our leadership poster we put on social media this week? I did. That was really cool. Who, who put that together? Uh, Kelly Hunter. Well, we all kind of worked on it, but Kelly Hunter was, that was part of her responsibility to get that done. And, and we got some people in our social media uh, department that helped us set it up, but really cool. We're going to put that poster up and um, so our team can see it every day, but just another way to try to get our seniors to be leaders and see themselves as leaders and, and what leadership is about. This isn't a, isn't a question from social media, but when does Tyler get there and when does he take over and, and Kelly moves to that volunteer position? Yeah, August 1st. Okay. So he, he's sold his house and I think he's got a place to live here and so he'll, he'll start August 1st. Okay. All right. So first question, what do you talk about with opposing coaches before a match? Usually I just go over and uh, make small talk. So I'll try to think of something that will create a conversation. So sometimes it's volleyball. Sometimes it's not volleyball. Sometimes it's something totally random, but I just try to think of something to, well, I welcome them. And then try to create a little bit of a conversation. So who's it varies your, all over the place. Who is your favorite coach to talk to in the Big Ten before a match? That's a good question. Some coaches are very talkative. Some are not. But I'll, I'll probably probably have to say Russ. Russ <laughs> has always got something, you know. <laughs> something he's been thinking about, he'll fire off. Or, But the other thing, when you know, when Russ comes to Nebraska, for example, you know, he talks, he sits down there and talks to all the fans. So I'll, I'll bring up something like, Oh, who'd you, who'd you visit with this time? You know, or he'll bring up something when he used to coach there. So there's always some trivia with 
Russ and Nebraska. And then um, when we play at Penn State, same thing there. We'll, we'll talk something about something interesting. Russ is getting all the shout outs on this month's podcast. All right. The next question, your favorite show Yellowstone is back on. Did you watch episode one on Sunday night? Yes, I did. And did you like it? It was a good start. It was a little mellow for Yellowstone, but you can tell things are building up. They had to set the tone. And what I don't like is you have to wait every week now to watch it. They don't like, (laughs) like the last kingdom. They just put all eight episodes on there. So you you could go through faster. That's on Netflix. This is live TV. Oh, okay. This is how the normal world works. You, you get one episode a week and you have to wait. Okay. Wait a week. It's, it's not, you can't snap your fingers and get all eight episodes at once. Yeah. All I know is, uh, I think I need to get counseling after watching Ozark. (laughs) Oh, did you finish Ozarks? I haven't finished it yet, but man, I, that, that is an intense show. I'm so glad you, you took my recommendation. I, that's one of my favorite shows. It's, it is intense and there's a lot going on, but it's just, it, it just keeps your attention and yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's uh, I think I need to get counseling, but. <laughs> just, yeah. Um, you guys have plenty of sports psychologists, so maybe just meet with one of them. Okay, yeah. your favorite story while coaching me. Favorite story. Or is there like a, a moment or event or something that happened while coaching me that uh, just really stuck with you? Or was all of that a blur? <laughs> no, I think that the thing that stuck with me the most, Lauren, is you thank the coaches every day after practice. And I talk to our players all the time about the attitude of gratitude. And I just – I think, I think that, and I think I remember when you transferred back, you talked to the team and just said, Hey, he's my coach. And you call me coach. You didn't call me dad or John or, uh, you call me coach. So I just I think, still call you coach. Yeah, I know. So I think that, that that's what stuck with me is how you thanked all the coaches and Jolene and everybody after every practice, you just made, and you made sure there was a line between that you were a player and, and not a daughter. I like that. That's good. Okay. The nicest (laughs) thing you said to me in the last month. (laughs) All right. Time for confession and lesson. So I'll go first and give you some time to think. Um, My confession is, and you've, you obviously know this because you were there, but um, I'm going to let Husker nation hear about this. So uh, my two year wedding anniversary was two days ago on the 22nd. And for our father-daughter dance, uh, we danced to Black by Pearl Jam. And we had a DJ, and he was great. And he slowed it down and, and made some edits, so it was, it was more of a song that you could dance to. Um, but then at the end, he played some rap song. I think it was like Pop, Lock, and Drop It. And we busted out from, you know, a nice, normal dance together to busting moves on the dance floor. And our photographer, uh, Wynn Wiley, who's an amazing photographer he actually taught you some dance move can you get up and show us no i'm still (laughs) traumatized from that i'm still traumatized well you bust yeah we went from dancing you know very nicely and calmly to to both breaking out some dance moves and the crowd just went wild it was hilarious and i I think i definitely felt peer peer pressure on that one (laughs) you had to we had to make it fun 
but I think someone has videos somewhere. So we'll have to, we'll have to try to track that down and post that on social media. Are you oh, sure you don't, are you sure you don't want to show us the move? I'm positive right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And my lesson is uh, always speak from the heart and tell the truth. And it's better to get to the point uh, rather than, you know, talk about other things and try to avoid just getting directly to the point. And I think that applies in coaching and recruiting. I mean, you just have to be honest with the players and, and your recruits, even though it may not be what they want to hear, you know, this is what's best for them and it's the truth. And at the end of the day, that's most important. Okay. So what now, what do you want me to do? Your, give your confession. <laughs> Thank you. Nice job. Uh, what was your confession though? Just that we busted out dance moves? Yeah, that was, that was the confession is that you broke it down on the dance floor after our father-daughter dance. Oh, okay. You could, you could tell everyone what happened in the church after you walked me down the aisle. Well, that, that would be a confession? Okay. <laughs> I can do that. I was going to show you my new croc. Your what? My new croc. So I bought a new croc. So you don't even know what that is. Yeah, what's a croc? I'm trying to make sourdough starter. And so if you, if you watched what the cowboys used to do when out on the trails, they have this stoneware crock, they call it. Not a crock pot, it's called a crock. And that's what they would make the sourdough in. And so, but you can't use metal or plastic, it won't work. So I've got sourdough starter going right now in my crock. I can grab and show you if you want to see it. Yeah. Um, and actually, ironically, so, as people know, when you make sourdough starter, it has to stay warm. Oh, my gosh. And the reason I'm bringing all this up is because Kelsey Robinson's fiancé, Brian, is your cousin, my nephew. He actually has been making sourdough bread and sells it in Manhattan Beach. So he started Cook Bread Company. It's a marketing deal. It doesn't make that many loaves, but they're, they're world class. So I'm trying to get my sourdough starter going and I'm following what the cowboys used to do. And they actually used to, and it was cold at night, they would actually sleep with the sour, these crocs to help keep them warm under the covers because it has to stay warm to, to you know, grow. Where do you learn this stuff? YouTube, baby. Oh my gosh. Go take us to, and go show us the sourdough starter. Let me, let me go grab it real quick. Okay. <laughs> Oh, we need volleyball to start back up. He's, he's losing it. He's going crazy. Now, you know, Lauren, sourdough is one of the healthiest breads you can eat. It doesn't have <laughs> as much gluten in it. But this is the brag you cover with, and that's my – see, the older generation will know about this. So this is the crock? This is the crock. It's a gallon and a half crock, and right now it's, it's bubbling in here right now, growing in the sourdough starter. Can you show us the inside? <laughs> well, it'll spill. Okay. There, oh, yeah. So it's liquidy. Is that a special towel? No, it's just, it's just a dish rag. Is it so cleaned? You, you cover it and, and uh, let it do its thing. So I'm, it's about ready for me to try something. So I'm thinking about making sourdough rolls today. Is it a clean rag? Yeah. Okay. You didn't just use a dirty rag? No. No. <laughs> no. All right. Well, post some pictures on Twitter or Instagram once you take your rolls out of the oven. If they come out well, I will. But 
you know, the, the, this is what the Cowboys, you know, and the, the thing that's great about sourdough starter is you don't, you can be out on the trail and you just mix the flour in, get the sour, you don't have to knead it or anything. You just put it together and bake it. It does its own thing. Do you wear so, cowboy boots while you're uh, making this sourdough bread? I'm thinking about it, yeah. And are you going to bake it over your cowboy cauldron? I could do that. I have to, I have to look into how they do They They actually cook them in cast iron pots that they would put on that. So I'll have to look into that. It's a good, good question. This is hilarious. That was a great confession. <laughs> okay. That's my yeah. new thing. Lauren, I had to order this from Ohio. They are hard to find. It took about three weeks to get here. What did this cost you? Oh, it, was, it wasn't very much. It's just okay. they're hard to find because not, nobody makes them anymore. They're actually made out of ceramics, so there's only a couple places in the United States that even make them. I, I don't think China's making these. <laughs> USA made. Oh, my. You're, I said volleyball needs to get going because you're losing it. <laughs> You've reached a whole new level. Yeah, just trying to... Uh, Trying to stay learn engaged. Something new. <laughs> yeah, learn something new every day. Yeah. Okay, give me a lesson, and then you're you're free to go. Well, I have. A, you want a mountain lesson or a volleyball lesson? Give us a mountain lesson. So we, your mom and I, were hiking the other day, and she goes, "Let's. I want to see a bear, and I want to see a moose." So now we've had two encounters: one with a bear and one with a moose, and. Uh, I, um, ironically, Taylor just told me today, Lauren, that the Yellow Rose area, which is right next to where we're building the house, had a grizzly bear yesterday. This is like coming down in the neighborhood. So uh, anyway, the lessons are you respect nature because both times the bear was a cub and we didn't, we, we didn't know where the mother was, so we got the heck out of there as fast as we could. We had our bear spray out, but it was very nerve-wracking. But you, re you really respect nature. And, um, and then same, we were coming down and ran into a moose, and we had to make a decision. Do we keep going? Because we didn't know if this is, this is a mama moose. We didn't know if the baby was around. And you get between a mama and a baby, all bets are off. <laughs> so... Um, I think the lesson is just respecting nature and appreciating we get to see those animals, but also being very careful because, you know, they, they've got their instincts and you don't mess with instincts. I think this may be our best episode yet. <laughs> We've gone from dogs to sourdough bread to cowboy cauldrons to grizzly bears, moose, nature. We've been all over the place. Russ Rose, throw him in there. Good work. It's a good thing. It's a good thing people have a lot of time to listen to this right now with the COVID going on. <laughs> so. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening and watching because we're now we've moved. We've officially moved to uh, every episode. We'll have a video with it since it was such a oh. huge hit. So you're cool. going to be on camera every time. I actually shaved this morning, Lauren. So. Still need a haircut, a, but shave. Did you have a beard? Well, you just, you know, you don't have to do anything to get, be in front of people. You just kind of let it go. But my I, favorite, I didn't get a beard, but just shaved, cleaned up. My favorite is when you, when we're on vacation and you just let it go a few days and, and you start getting a little bit of beard hair. <laughs> I, I feel like th that's when you're like cool dad and you're 
relaxed and laid back dad. So that I love that. That's my favorite. You should show up to practice one day without shaving and just see what everyone says. You know, uh, I've thought about that, but Coach Osborne was always clean shaven. So just, you know, I think you gotta, gotta play that part. You gotta be like Coach O. Yeah. All right, well thank you all for tuning in and we'll catch you next month. Go Big Red. Yeah. Conversation with the Cooks is presented by Husker Sports, featuring Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook and former All-American Lauren Cook. Project manager is Michael Zorb. Edited by Josh Hilkeman. Sound designed by Brett Whitty. Voiceover by Mike Elliott. Cover art provided by Sam Noonan. To find other Husker Sports podcasts, subscribe to the Husker Sports Network wherever you listen to podcasts or listen and find out more at huskers.com slash podcasts.